welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another faith-building message by Pastor David Entry. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. May your knowledge of Jesus Christ increase as you listen. Be blessed. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of Abraham, in, God, in the God of Abraham, we know God as the God who is the Father. In the God of Isaac, we know God as the God who supplies. God is a supply, is a provider. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, it says, And my God shall supply uh, all your needs according to his riches in glory. According to his riches. When you talk about according to his riches, it's talking about in proportion. There's a difference between out of his riches or according to his riches. Out of his riches is like, I have, let's say I have a thousand pounds on me. And I want to just give you something. Out of it, I can take a two pounds for you. But if I want to give you according to what I have, my riches, then I give in proportion, you know, at my level. I'm giving in proportion to what I've got, not a portion of what I got, I've got. There are two different things. So when you're giving out of your riches, it's, in, uh, it's a portion but when you are giving according to, is in proportion. So if you are a thousandaire, you give in proportion of thou, a thousandaire. If you are a millionaire, you give. If you are uh, a billionaire, you give. And a hundredaire, you give. <laughs> or possibly a tenaire. <laughs> Don't worry. Some people, at the moment, you look like a tenaire, but it doesn't matter. Because it does not take time. <laughs> As long as I have God, I'll be fine. We know God as the God who provides in the God of Isaac. But in the God of Jacob, we know God as the God who disciplines. Who disciplines. That's why I quoted earlier on. If we are without disciplining, then we are bastards. But if we are sons, then the father, Hebrews chapter 12, will discipline us. It, do you know why God disciplines us? The Hebrews chapter 12, because um, today somebody is blessed. Amen. Verse 5. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor, the, uh, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. That means that God chastens and rebukes. For who the Lord loves, he chastens. And scourges everyone whom he receives. All right? If you endure chastening, which is chastisement or correction from God, or disciplining, I think the NIV, one of those texts, will use the word discipline. Yeah, is it NIV? Yeah. And endure hardship as disciplining. God treats you as son, for what son is not disciplined by his father? Tell me a son who is not. The father, that's the job of a father. Father's son relationship is not to make friends. But it's to discipline the son so that train up a child in the way he should go. When he goes, he will not depart from it. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7 or so, also verse 6. Says that, and, uh, verse, 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 verse 8, NIV. Let me see how the NIV puts verse 8. Uh, it says that if you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. If we have actually become sons of God, God will take his time to discipline us. How many of you agree with me that we all need some form of discipline. Some of the discipline, God will use his agents. Other ones, he'll do it himself. And 
the earlier, let, permit me to use this word because some people may not uh, yield. So let me use the word acquiesce, which is, yielding is better. Acquiesce is like you are yielding very reluctantly, like under coercion and compulsion. So you are just, you acquiesce. So sometimes people may, some people may acquiesce, but it's better you yield. Surrender. Surrender quickly. Because the quicker you surrender, the earlier you surrender, the better God makes you. Or God blesses you. The blessing of, listen, there is so much blessing waiting to manifest on your life. But there are a lot of things that will choke the blessing. So God, as a good father, has to detox your system, clear out. In the same way, when God is blessing you, he has to clear some things. Listen, brothers and sisters, do, do not always lament when certain people live your life. See it as a blessing, especially when you are moving towards destiny and towards God. You surely will lose some people who you thought were friends. And actually, if God loves you, he will remove some of them earlier. Earlier, so you can, your, your movement can be smoother and faster or not wait till you get to the top and you just suddenly realize that you have a cancerous relationship around you that is destroying everything you have built. God is a, a, a discipliner, he's a chastiser. But what, the reason why I came to Hebrews is that um, Hebrews chapter uh, what, 12, back to the text. Let me show you something, verse 8 and verse 9. That's a very interesting point there, verse 8 and verse 9. Thank you, Jesus. Furthermore, verse 9, we have human fathers who correct us and we, we paid them respect. So are we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? Watch this, verse 10. For they, that's our natural fathers, for they indeed for a, for a few days chastened us as, as seemed best to them. But God for our profit. So when God is chastening you or chastising you or correcting you, it's for your profit. He loves you too much to leave you the way you are. So he says that, well, for our profit, why? That we may be partakers of his holiness. Say, Lord, go ahead. ahead. Discipline me. Correct me. Most of the time, God, when you are going through discipline, you will think that you are being punished. God doesn't punish us. He polishes us. But his way of polishing us is by taking us through certain disciplines. Some of us, he has to take you through certain financial droughts to teach you how to live within your means. Some of us, he have to take you through some droughts, a season of relationshipless. Bible says that he took them through the wilderness and through to teach them that man must not live by bread alone. So the things that we go through, let me go back to Jacob. In Genesis chapter 28, because that's exactly what I'm talking about. In Genesis chapter 28, Jacob God appeared from verse 13. God appeared to Jacob. And this time, it wasn't Jacob who went for God. God himself, okay? Behold, um, from verse 12, let me, okay, let's make it. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the, on the earth. And east top reached to the heaven. And there, the angels of God, of God were ascending and descending on it. The next verse, verse 13. And behold, the Lord stood, okay, stood above it and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father, and, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. He didn't invite God. God came. 
Jacob, from the beginning, knew how to get it his own way. So God had to come to him. So God came to Jacob and told him that I am the God of your father Abraham Isaac. The land in which you are lying, I'll give it to you. And then the verse, go to, go, let me show you something. Your descendants, say, I'll bless your descendants. This is the promise he gave to Abraham. The next verse, verse 15. Verse 15, behold, I'm with, watch this, this is very important. Behold, I'm with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Now, all this time, this guy was a trickster. His name alone, Jacob. Jacob means supplanter or it also means to grab. When he was born as a baby, before he could cry, he was already finding his way out. Holding his brothers, because they were twins, his brother came out first, Esau. And he was holding the, can you imagine what kind of baby this baby? <laughs> yeah, holding the heel of his brother. No, I should, I should have come first. I should, because when they were in the womb, they were fighting. And I guarantee you, it wasn't Esau who was creating the fight, it was Jacob. <laughs> because the Bible says that the, the children were in a womb and they were fighting. They were, they were so good. So he went and asked God. But the children struggled together within her. Do you see that? They started fighting inside because it was Jacob. Jacob must always have his way. And so when he realized that the brother has gone ahead, like it's like music chairs, the brother has gone ahead, he took the chair and was trying to take away the chair. <laughs> and he, he held the heel when he was born. And then when they were growing up, he stayed home. He didn't like going out because he was a mama's boy. Mama's boy, he stayed home. But his brother was a hunter. So you don't cross a hunter, you know. If you cross a hunter... He know how to hunt you down. So, so, so this guy, his brother was a hunter and always out in the fields. And one day the guy went and was working and working and working and working and working. When he came, he was practically exhausted and so famished. His, Jacob knew his brother would be coming by this time. So he prepared, because he was always home, he prepared the kind of food that if you see this one. And so when the brother came, he was so weary and tired, came from the field and he was hungry. And he asked his brother, he asked Jacob, can I have some of the, this stew you have cooked? He said, what? Stew? Please feed me with some of this red. It's a red, very red, very nice. Some of this red, when you, the King James said, he was sorting pottage. He sought pottage, okay? So he said, feed me with some of this red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore, he, uh, therefore his name was called Edom. Okay, go to the next verse, New King James. And then, but Jacob says, sell, you see Jacob? Your brother is hungry. He says, sell me your entire birthright. Let's exchange. Let me be the first to inherit. This is just food for today. Just food for today. But then brother was negotiating on an empty stomach. So when he said, give me the food, he said, me to give me your birthright. To my amazement, do you know what Esau said? He said, what is birthright to me? It was given to Abraham by God, given to Isaac, our father. I can't be bothered. Take it. He went to negotiate his destiny away. The brother said, give me the destiny. He said, what destiny? Take it. I'm dying. The, the point I'm trying to drive home here is that Esau, in fact, the, 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 in the book of Hebrews, the Bible said we shouldn't be like profane Esau. Esau? Because he trivialized destiny, the, thing, the blessing of God. That's profanity. Esau trivialized it, and Jacob got away with it. He, got, he, he tricked the guy and got the, the blessing in principle. And then when the father was about to die, the father said, give me food. Told the brother, go and give me food. Well, the father likes food. 
He likes a particular food which the brother has been doing. So making. So he loved his brother. He loved Esau because of food. But God's hand was on the younger one. But his eye was on the older one because of food. The father who carried the original blessing, he was about to discharge it to the wrong person because of selfish interests, because of his desires. So he said, go and make me one of the food that I like. After all, you are my firstborn, so I can. But the guy has already told the dressing. The mother heard it. The mother went to God when the children were fighting. And God told the mother, not the father. See the interesting? Those who pray, they tend to hear from God. God told the mother, there are two children in your womb. There are two nations in your womb. And the older will serve the younger. God has said it already. In, in Malachi chapter 4, Bible said before the children could do right or wrong, God has already chosen his own. So it wasn't based on what Jacob did, but it was destiny. And the guy was rushing into destiny. Destiny was calling him, but he was going about it the wrong way. So when the mother got about, knew about it, he did something, did the better food, and they tricked the father. The father emptied out the blessing on him. So the guy from the womb was fighting, was fighting everything. Now, he, and he has never prayed to God, never called on God. But he was making his way to. So he got to a place when he ran away from home because his brother, the hunter, wanted him. Because he tricked his brother. And then when he left home, he was tired. So he used the stone as a pillow. And that was where he had a dream, where we just read. In Genesis chapter 28, verse 12, that was. And God came and spoke to him. He said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God told him that I'll keep you wherever you go. Verse 15. Verse 15. Behold, I'll be with you and I will keep you wherever you go. And I'll bring you back to this land. And so when he woke up in the verse 16, he woke up, he said, wow, God was here. And I didn't know. He was surprised. And Bible says that there's still verse 17. Quickly, I want to show you something. And then he, and he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. And he called the place Bethel. So the house of God. That's the first place God revealed himself to. The first encounter he had was actually in the temple or in the, in the house of God. And we, are, we understand that the house of God represents where God's people gather. In First, in first Timothy chapter 3, it talks about the house of God, the church being the house of God, the pillar and the grounds of truth from verse 15, 16, somewhere there, First Timothy. So it's very important to understand. Jacob said this is the house of God. And remember God told him, I'll keep you. And watch this verse. We'll be honest, honest, verse 18. Then Jacob arose early in the morning and took the stone that he, uh, he had put at his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on it. Uh, 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 to pour oil on top of it, verse, verse 19. And he called on the name of the he called the name of the place that place Bethel, but the name of the place originally Luz. Okay, go, go go to the next verse. Jacob made a vow saying, "If God will be with me." But what did God tell him? And he said, "If uh, trust issues there, trust issues. If God will be with me," he said, and he's always trying to negotiate, commercializing the whole thing now. But Jacob was a, a man with a commercial mindset. Watch this. He told God, if you can take me and bring me back, then I'll give you 10% of everything I get. He wasn't even asking what God wants done. What he wants. If you can do it for me, like most of us sometimes. We start, we start there. And guess what? God appeared to him. He didn't appear to God. With all his faults, God appeared to him because, listen, God knows he's going to work on you. He's blessing, but he's away. The blessing is coming. He knows so he said, don't, see, don't beat yourself about who God is blessing. Church. Look at him. He's not living right. He's not even fasting when we are fasting. He's still getting a better girl. Get better girl. <laughs> don't beat yourself. God knows how he's fixing them. You are not their class captain. Think about yourself. Mind your own business. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus tells, tells a story of a parable of two people who went to the temple to pray. One was a, a publican or a tax collector. In those days, if you're a tax collector, if you like... 
tax collector, prostitutes, I mean, they are the wild people in town. Because tax collectors were like considered as traitors because it's the Roman occupation and they were imposing taxes on these people. And these people were supposed to pay tax. And then what the Romans would do is they would select somebody amongst you, from amongst you, who will be collecting tax on the behalf of the Roman government. And he can collect. So if he's supposed to collect 100 pounds a week from you, he can choose to do 500 pounds. If you refuse to pay and he tells the Roman government, they'll come and take everything. They'll come and take everything and be put in prison. And so, they, and they were make. if someone is a tax collector, it's mad. The person is very rich. And they were like public enemies, number one. And they were vile people. They were wicked people, cruel people. So no one, yeah, they can't go to church. And Jesus tells a parable in Luke chapter 18, from verse 11, 12, 13. How a tax collector and a Pharisee, a Pharisee comes to the temple and then he said, you know, God, I give my tithe. I'm not, uh, uh, you know, God, uh, I, thank, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Say other men. If you come to church with that attitude, I'm not like other men. You will stay where you are. God doesn't listen to people whose prayer is based on others. I'm not like other men. Unjust, uh, extortionist, unjust, adulterous. Leave people alone and allow God to deal with them if he's God. Allow God to deal with them. In fact, it's in the Bible. He said in Romans, he said, who made you a judge? I think Romans, no, it can't be Romans chapter 4. Who made you, chapter 14, I think so. Who made you a judge over another man's servant? Who made you a judge? Roman, I think Romans chapter 14, I, I think so. Who made you a judge? Why are you so busy judging people? Who, who, who are you to judge another man's servant? Another, one of the translations says that who made you a judge? Judge another man's servant. Why? You come to church. We are all praying. Bend us, oh Lord. Whether they are rolling on the floor, they are crying, they are laughing, they are sitting there. Don't judge them and say you don't deserve it. And don't judge people based on the dress they are wearing. There's tattoo on all his left arm. And so what? He has seven earrings there. He has, what has that got to do with spirituality? Ah, her skirt is too short. And every, every walks every uh, three seconds, she has to pull it. What has that got to do with God? Wow, is that pastor saying that? Yes, yes. some people can't say it, but they are saying say it in their hearts. <laughs> because you have been waiting that dress, you've been waiting to wear it. Because you are eyeing that brother, you see, you see, you see. Because of that brother, you want to bring it, you bring it. You bring it. The Holy Ghost will catch you. There are two different things what I'm saying. When you are doing things with ungodly intentions, that's different. But sometimes we are too busy judging whose intentions are ungodly. Anytime you give to God, you have invited him into your situation. It's a covenant principle. But he will be upset with you. You feel the pain. You feel it. Are you, uh, is someone getting what I'm saying? Yes. At all? Yes. Fear not. Fear not. That's what happened to Jacob. Eventually, Jacob, God said, I'll take you. He went and came and then ended up in Bethel. Bethel, his, his uncle cheated him for 20 years. He thought he's, he knew how to cheat. God sent him there. But you know what? Every problem you go through is not eternal. It has a time of expiry day. Because Jacob was in Laban's house, was struggling. Laban cheated and cheated, changed his salary 10 times. So you finish working. By the end of the month, you're about to receive yourself. I say, oh, sorry, we made a mistake initially. It's supposed to be this way. They, they reduce it. Because 
they said they will pay you um, 100 pounds an hour and you, you were able to do, uh, let's say, 36 hours. So 3,600. They said, we oh, made a mistake. It should originally supposed to have been 20 pounds an hour. Oh, but because he was an immigrant. But he wasn't an illegal one, but just an immigrant one. So <laughs> because he was an immigrant, the man was taking a... Laban, his own uncle. Yeah, uncle. His own uncle took advantage of him. But you know what? It wasn't just the uncle. The uncle was very tricky and not straightforward. But God, God allowed it just to help Jacob. Just to help Jacob. And after 20 years, you think Jacob would have learned. He hasn't learned anything. (laughs) What he has learned is there are other people who are crooks. I cheated my father, my brother, but I found out that there are people who are there. (laughs) But... After 20 years, he won. He won the guy. He beat the guy to it. The guy said, what? But what? God came to him in Genesis chapter 32. God came to him and he said, leave now and go back. Initially, he wanted to leave. And the, fact, the uncle said, serve me seven more years. He had to do it. Also, uh, six more years. He had to do it. Because that, was God, that wasn't God's timing. But when God's timing came and he wanted to leave, I, I want to end on something. He wanted to leave. He, he called the wives, two wives. He told them, God has told me, I, I, your, your father has not treated me well. I want to go. And they left. The uncle found out three days later that they have left. Chase him. And on his way to go and stop the guy and bring them back, the God of Jacob, in verse 24 of Genesis chapter 31, the God of Jacob appeared to him in a dream. And God came to Laban, the Syrian, in a dream by night and said to him, be careful that you speak to Jacob neither good nor bad. Don't touch him. God knows how to fight for you. I said, God knows how to fight for you. And the God you serve will fight for you. If you believe in shout amen. Laban, who seemed to have the power, God said, don't touch the guy. So now when he went, he said, okay, let's make a deal. <laughs> let's make a deal. He's okay, he's okay, let's make a deal. You make sure that you don't cross Let's build a barrier. You don't cross and come to me and harm me. And I also I won't also cross and come and harm you. You can go. Make sure you take care of my daughters. And then when he was going, oh, Jacob, Genesis chapter 32, from 1, 2, and 3, he saw two angels. And the two angels were a reflection of two camps. The name of the place, Mahanem, Genesis chapter 32. The name of the place is called Mahanem. Okay. So, which meant two camps. Now, what God was trying to tell him was, there are two camps all along. There is a camp, heavenly hosts, and you are also a camp. So God is actually, you, you are not alone. You and your team and God and his team, we are working together. But Jacob didn't get it. And so right after that, he divided his team. First of all, he sent a people ahead. Go and check on my brother if he's coming. When they went, they said, hey, your brother is coming. And he said, you see, Jacob knew how to, how to do it his way. He knew how to use his own schemes. He was a schemer. Don't forget, he was a schemer. And some of us, that's what God is eyeing. Because your human resource is too strong. So, I can do without God anyway. I'm okay. If God has called you, he's going to come after what makes you think you are okay. Just, that's what this whole thing is about. The disciplining. Just to teach you how to learn how to depend on him. God came after him. Jacob was scheming. Send people ahead. To go and check. When they came, they said, no, the brother is coming. Seriously. And then, watch this. The guy became very afraid. Look at verse 6. 32 verse 6. 32. Then the messengers returned to Jacob saying, 
We came to your brother Esau, and he also is coming to meet you, and 400 men are with him. Look at verse 7. Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. But didn't God tell you I'll keep you? Didn't God tell you I'll be with you? Didn't God tell you no one will harm you? I'm taking you back. Wasn't it God? He heard from God, but he couldn't trust God fully. Because the guy was afraid. And he divided the people. Some of you, you know. So we trust God at the front door. But we make a way of escape at the back door. So in case God doesn't show up, I can escape. He divided the people. Even though he was looking up to God, he was also making sure he also schemed as well. The guy is a schemer. Am I talking to somebody at all? But God knows how to pull you out of the mouth of the lion. You went inside. You fell into the trap of the dragons. You fell into the den of lions, snakes, serpents, pythons. And are you surprised you are here because he kept you? They said you wouldn't marry. Today you have four children. They said you didn't marry. They said, okay, marry, we will see. We will see if you marry. You got married. They said, okay, let's see if you can give birth. You will see. You, you will see. Now look at you. Look at the way your children are so pretty. Running around. Running around. And you look at it. And suddenly, you are afraid that God can't keep these children. That God can't help you. No. Your God is a helper. Amen. <laughs> Tell someone, your God is a helper. Or say to another person, the person means that she's not saying it. God is helping somebody here. I said, God is helping somebody here. Jacob was smart in his thinking. So he was good at thinking. He could think, but he couldn't trust. So he knew how to think things through. Maneuver. Okay. Jacob can plan everything very well. He knows how to plan for you. When you, so when you come from the field, you are hungry, you get a bed right from you. He knows how. His plan is a long time ago. Some, some of you are like Jacob. If God is going to bless you, he knows how to strip you of that. That if I want him, I'll get him. He will let you be, he will allow you to be dry, very dry without him for a long time. Without the him, you, can, you know you can get. He'll be wondering, ah, is it me? How was going on with me? Then you begin to think, uh, uh, maybe I need an implant. I need a surgery. I need a, then you are doing everything. It's not working because you think if I want him, I'll get him. And you know what God will do? Just to help you to understand. He will let the one you think is very, not, very nice at all. Who has not got your kind of legs? Who has not got your kind of face and makeup? Who has not got your kind of triceps and biceps? To catch the one that you will even thank God every day if you can, the person can say hello to you. <laughs> God has a sense of humor. None of us is good enough for what God will give us. Ah, you didn't get what I had. I I feel like clapping for Jesus myself. None of us is good enough for what God will give to us. You do not deserve it. If you deserve it, it's not from God. So instead of worrying about why others are not me getting it, humble yourself and say, Lord, your timing, I'll wait. Yes. And I thank you. I trust you. I trust you. He planned. He was a good planner. I discovered that, Helena, I discovered that most times, those who plan very, very deep a lot get worried a lot. Because yes. what do you do when the plan is not working? Because you've invested all your energy planning. I'm not saying you don't plan. You have to plan. 
But if you think it's all about planning, as you grow, you find out that what you thought you would have been at this age, you are nowhere near. Or sometimes God will bring you to your knees to learn how to surrender. That all of you and none of me take me all and give myself away. I've discovered when you are young, you think those ahead are not serious. Because you look at your strength. Oh, me, I'm good, though. Good, I'll be the best mother. Every time my wife is from work, I'll go to the, uh, the gate and carry her. <laughs> because you've read some books. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that's not, that's not, oh, wow, 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 where, oh, where, yeah. Say, so, oh, me, if my, if my husband is a singer, a pastor, as soon as he's singing, I'll, say, I'll be the first one to stand up. Hey. When he finishes, I'll look for handkerchief. And then, if it's necessary, I'll go to the sound and say, oh, increase his volume. When you are young, you have an overestimation of your strength. That's why the Bible said youth is strong. The youth, strength is with the youth. But the, the glory of the old man is his gray hair. Don't depend on what you think you know so much. I'm tone down. Sister, bro, tone down. The job you have got doesn't make you a better person. Tone down. You were what you were before you got that job. Tone down. Tone down. Let us help you. You are too tall. We can't lay our hands on your head. You are too tall. Tone down. Jacob, if God will bless you, he will show you how to go on your knees. To say, Lord, I can't do this by myself. I need your help. There's someone here you've been crying, God help me. That's what God has been trying to wait from you. When you learn how to say, God, my help is in you. That's when you see how he can bring you out of the mouth of the Lamb. Did, did somebody receive something? Come on, give the Lord a big, big, big shout and a clap and shout hallelujah. Thank you for listening. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Why don't you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Caris Church and subscribe to our podcast so you are always up to date. Be blessed.